Hello, K2H listeners. My name is DJ California Roll. I am currently on the phone with DJ and producer DJ Z Trip right now. He'll be doing a special performance on October 4th at Hawaiian Brands from 11 p.m. to celebrate K2H's 50th anniversary. Thanks so much, Z Trip, for doing this phone interview and for supporting K2H. How are you doing today? I'm good. Yeah, I'm stoked to be out there. All right, so I'm going to just jump right into the questions. Uh, so what got you into DJing and producing? Um, well, it's kind of funny. It, I mean, it's just me being a music collector. You know, I, I've collected music, and that's kind of how it started. Um, when I was young, I was buying 12-inch versions of records because I would hear, you know, I'd listen to these late-night DJ mix shows, and I would hear the DJs playing extended versions of songs that I, I knew the original versions, but I'd never heard like a fourth verse or I never heard the extended drum solo thing or whatever it would be that these uh, extended 12 inches would have. So normally a song's like three minutes. These guys were playing songs and it had like an extra four minutes on top of it. And so I was like, how do I find this extended version? So I would go to the record store and I'd buy up all these extended 12 inch remix versions of these songs. And it really just turned into me being a collector. And eventually I just had all these records that, you know, people would be like, hey, make me a, a tape of all your songs or bring your record collection over to uh, this party and play your records. And it, and it like, it, it, I didn't really set out to be a DJ originally. I just was collecting the music that I really liked. And eventually I found that I had such a fever for collecting this music that, again, people wanted to hear me play it. So... I started to figure out ways on how I could do that. And then I started studying and, and trying to figure out, you know, ways to get better. And, and you know, one thing led to another, and here we are, you know, 30 years later. <laughs> so. so had some humble beginnings of just collecting the music that you wanted to listen to personally. Yeah. And what was the music scene like for you when you were growing up? Went through a couple different stages, I think. Um, you know, for me, there was the sort of the discovery stage when I was, very young in my early teens wasn't really a scene so much as it was just like people really interested in alternative music. And I say that in the sense that like, wasn't necessarily like alternative, like, you know, rock guitars, but just anything that was alternative to what was on the radio. So, you know, that, that was punk, reggae, uh, electronic music, anything with drums in it, rap music, whatever it was. So I used to hang out and, you know, kick it with those kinds of people. And, that's where I started to find um, different styles of music that I, you know, slowly over time um, would just collect and, and dump into, into my crates. And, you know, then fast forward once, you know, I was DJing a little bit, the scenes were very much sort of that same group of people just slowly growing and, and building. You know, we would throw our own parties. We would um, make our own mixtapes. We would, everything was very do-it-yourself, very punk rock attitude, but that was like, if you wanted to have, uh, you know, somebody who, a band or a DJ or somebody that you really liked or were following back then, there was really no place for anybody to, um, to get that person to come to your town. You had to sort of scrape up the money, find a place, reach out to that people, you know, those people. So I, you know, through my own shows, uh, in conjunction with some other people there, but like, it was very, very do it yourself. And, you know, the early days, that's kind of how you, it was almost also how you swapped music. You know, people would record mixtapes or record, uh, you know, music or whatever from different places, different regions, different areas, and we would all swap them. So it's like I remember when I first went over to Europe, like I brought all my mixtapes and all my music over there, and then I bought a whole bunch of their music and brought it back. And 
then all of a sudden I'm playing, you know, German rap for people in Arizona. And, um, you know, that was the only way to do it. There was no internet. There was no, you know, it was very sort of like, you know, mailing music to other people and receiving music that way and going out to the region and buying it and bringing it back. So I was always trying to share different versions of things and the more abstract, the better for me. So you're promoting these like shows and different music events. So, cause that was really the only way to attain it. Yeah, I mean, that was it. It was very do-it-yourself. You know, I, I, I lived in New York and Arizona. My, my parents were divorced, so my dad was in New York and my mom was Arizona. So I'd go to New York, for instance, and I'd buy up all this, we're talking like 86 to 87, 88, I'd buy up all this really good hip-hop music that was very regional at the time, very, um, you know, y- y- you would get it if you were lived in like New York or Chicago or right, L.A., right. but like, Nobody in Arizona knew this, this music, and so I would buy it in, in New York, and then I'd come back to Arizona, and I'd play all this music for people in Arizona, and it, they would just lose their mind. So it was very much, you know, we, we were creating as we went, and we were um, you know, just trying to, to, to share this music and this, this culture with people. And, you know, obviously, eventually it, it caught on, but the early days was very much, like, very cavalier. You were very much a pioneer trying to, like, make dirt roads, make trails turn into dirt roads, which would eventually become paved roads. Like, we were we were doing that. Good analogy. And when listening to your music, you mentioned hip-hop earlier, but there's, like, rapping and clearly hip-hop elements in it. But then you can sometimes hear, like, a metal guitar riff or, uh, like, rock vocals. So how do you mash all these elements together? Where does the idea come from? Well, I, to me, it's, it's funny because, so, as much as I was, you know, really being attracted to hip-hop music and and rap music and electronic music and dance music, like, as much as that was a, a thing for me, I also grew up, you know, I used to play the drums. I come from a very musical family, and my, uh, you know, my brother played guitar, my mom played guitar. I, the first records I remember really listening to were my brother's rock records, you know, Kiss, Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin, um, Rush. And so I would listen to these songs, and I was very, you know, I was, very, I was into them as a kid, but it's kind of funny because as much as I was getting into hip hop, I was still into this music, this you know metal and rock music. So I started to see the common thread between some of this stuff. Whether you know, usually through drums. Drums is always sort of my it anchors everything. And being a, a drummer as a kid, I saw the through line, and so I was always trying to figure out ways to turn all the people who are into hip hop music onto rock stuff that they might not know about, and vice versa. I had a whole bunch of friends who listened to rock music who didn't know anything about hip-hop, but I was like, you know, there were certain groups and certain things where I was like, the Beastie Boys, like, if you, if you listen to rock music, you'll probably like the Beastie Boys. And if you listen to, you know, hip-hop music, you might like Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin or whatever. It's like, I was always trying to find things that had the same properties, and I just was trying to do that within my mix because I liked both worlds, mm-hmm. and I... I lived in both worlds, so I've always been trying to figure out ways to incorporate other styles of music and sprinkle them in and figure out ways to get crowds who might not be exposed to something to be, you know, to be a little more open-minded. And it's taken years and years and years for me to find my crowd, but I feel like my crowd now is definitely people who want to hear a little bit of that. They don't mind hearing the hits and, and you know, party rocking songs or whatever, but they're always looking for me to do some sort of really interesting juxtaposition. It's taken years and years and years for that to happen, but now I feel like it's kind of great because I can I can play anything. I can, you know, any style of music, and I'm not alienating anybody. It's actually 
doing more of a service to what I do, mm-hmm. you know, and people enjoy that. So I guess like, hip hop is kind of like your main genre, but then you incorporate elements of other genres of music. Yeah, I mean, hip hop's the anchor, but you know, mm-hmm. if you really take it a step back into how, when hip hop first started, hip hop was that. I mean, like you, you have right. people like Africa Bambata and Jazzy J and Grandmaster Flash. These guys were all taking any record that they could that felt like it worked for their party and playing it. So early bands like Kraftwerk um, or you know Aerosmith with Walk This Way or anything, they would take the drum beat from those songs or whatever. And so hip hop was always kind of like a prism where you would take everything and then put it through the prism and then shoot it out and it would be new refined sound. But so to me, I'm still using the same principle when I DJ. It's like there's no music that's off limits and it all sort of goes through my filter and comes out like in a hip hop fashion in a hip hop style and fashion. But again, it could be anything. People have slowly over the years, they've figured out that that's kind of the best way to go. I mean, you look at any, thing now even look at the, the popular music you know uh country road Lil Nas X it's like you know this is a rapping over country stuff it's like it's very weird for certain people but for other people it's like well naturally like if you find a common ground with anything you can make it work and if you do it right it ends up sort of rising to the top you know? just whatever sounds good and whatever gets people right. moving that's really it I mean what we're talking about is whatever sounds good that's really ultimately it and if you take all the governors and all the limitations off of it and it's like, just let music be what it's going to be. Then all of a sudden, two things don't sound so weird when they play together. You know, they, they sound like they're meant to be. And or they have, you start to see the common threads. And I think it took people a minute to, to get there. But I kind of feel like we're living there now. And you look at all these DJs who are, uh, you know, the term open format has become, a, a, you know, a, a term that's been tossed around a lot more. You know, and it's funny because people used to talk about, you know, mashup DJs like, oh, I'm a mashup DJ. Mm-hmm. I never called myself that because mashing up music was just mixing. And that's what a DJ should be doing. If you're a DJ, you should be mixing and mashing uh, music is just mixing. So it was like a redundant thing for me. But I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like people are now uh, way more open to hybrids, you know, of all styles. And and it makes for more interesting listening. A lot mm-hmm. of Latin stuff, you know, is, is coming through which is kind of nice to see because that was, I feel like, was music that um, a lot of, you know, American people didn't really tap into, but now are embracing it a little bit more. You see it all through pop music. Wow. We're, we're getting there. We're getting to mashing up more genres together. Are there any favorite people you have worked with? Oh, God. I mean, there's a million, you know. Um, it's, it would, I'd have to really sit and think about all the people I've worked with, but, you know, uh, I, you know, I love working with LL Cool J. He and I have been working together for about eight years now. You guys now. made a couple um, of songs together. Yeah, it's it's we've done we've done a whole bunch of stuff. We've you know toured around the world, and uh, I helped him launch Rock the Bells Radio on Sirius XM. Oh, cool. Uh, his, they gave him his own channel, so I've helped out with that. Um, so LL's great because it's it's just we really work well together. Um, but, you know, Chuck D from Public Enemy, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine, loved working with him. Bass Nectar, another uh, great guy to work with. Um, but, you know, it, it's on and on. Beck, I had a really good time working on a record with Beck. And there's a lot of different people, and all for different reasons. Um, I just My thing is I, I like being able to be diverse, and I like I like challenges. I like working with, with, with artists or projects that, require me to push a little bit further or do a little bit more um you know I, as much as i love playing a club and, and rocking parties like that's always going to be fun for me 
I, I have more of an interest now pushing the boundaries and seeing where I can go with it. I've, I've done some things where I've scored silent films while they're playing in front of a crowd live. Like that's, that's a really interesting thing for me to do, for instance. Um, you know, I, I, those kinds of things are, are very interesting to me. Any way I can reshape or recontextualize the way people look at DJing, mm-hmm. um, even myself. Yeah, I think that really shows in the all the music you produce. Can you give any? Yeah. yeah, can you give any ideas or maybe hints for our listeners of what kind of set you'll be performing at the K2H's fiftieth celebration? And anytime I play in any place that has a real rich history or you know has any significant sound, um, I always try and tap in a little bit of that into my sets and and weave that into what I'm doing. So you know, taking some Hawaiian sounds and and sprinkling them in. Oh, very um, cool. You know, and adding you know adding electronic beats to that stuff and you know rinsing out some of that stuff is always kind of fun. But it's also you know you guys play kind of everything. You know, oh, being yeah. <laughs> the, the station you are, it very much fits into what I'm about, which is I'm probably going to go all over the map musically. And you know, I, I might even go into it with an agenda. But the other thing too is. Once you get there, and once you see a crowd respond to something, and they like something more than they might like something else, you start to find out, like, okay, this is where we're going to go then, because this is where the party, the party's just going to naturally go to this, to this sound. And, you know, I, I, I've known for years, like, you can go in with an agenda, but ultimately, at the end of the day, the party's really going to dictate where it goes. So, um, you know, for me, I have to leave a little bit of that open to... Um, to reading the crowd and seeing sort of what's going to happen. But I'm, I'm prepared to go no matter what. Like, I, you know, I definitely drop some reggae in there, uh, some electronic beats, some hip-hop for sure. Um, you know, might mess with some drum and bass, might mess with some rock stuff. Like, you know, who knows? But, you know, definitely going to be a lot of everything as opposed to just one style of music all night long. You know what I mean? It's like I'm definitely prepared to come in there and and go all over the place with it. It's, I, I'm gonna, I know it's going to be fun. Every time I play in Hawaii, it's always dope. So it's very much like on the spot, really flexible. Yeah, well, I mean, like you have to, to me, I, I feel like that's also a signature sound and style of my sound is that, like, you know, I'm very intuitive to what's going on at the moment. And, you know, I, there's a couple things that, like, I may throw at the crowd and, and they're, they're, you, you, the crowd may not know it, but like for me, they're like little testers. Like, okay, how do they respond to this? If they respond, it's like a choose your own adventure. If they respond favorably to the right, then I will go to the right. If they respond favorably to the left, then we go to the left. And then that opens up these other chambers of other songs and other places we could go with it. And, you know, I've, because I know sort of the blueprint of every song I've got in my arsenal, I kind of know where I can drive the party. But, you know, I found that that works way better than feeling like, here's my agenda, here's my 10 songs or 20 songs that I'm going to play, and you're going to listen to them. You're going to like them no matter what. It's <laughs> this like, is it. Or you're not. Or, but either way, it's like a steamroller. It's just going to, I'm going to start and, and end. And, you know, I see how that can work sometimes for, for bands. Like, if you have rehearsed your 20 songs, you're going to play whatever you're going to play. But I really like the, the, the idea of being able to um, be versatile and be, you know, adapt to any moment. and that to me is 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 the key to kind of again my sound. It's like I, you know, oh, you really like you know who knows like let's hypothetically 
oh, you guys really want some reggae and you want some heavy metal? Okay, cool. I, I didn't know that that's where we we're going to go, but I've got some <laughs> tricks happening. in my bag that are going to really hit that dead on, you know? So, um, like, that's, that's kind of my thing. It's like I, I prepare some little bits and pieces, but I also you know, leave it up to uh, the vibe and, the, and, the, and sort of the feel of the party and where it wants to go. Right, that's the cool thing about being a DJ. Yeah, well, it's, most people... You know, you just have to be versatile. You have to know how to adapt and bob and weave. You have to know that's like, that's a crucial piece to DJing. It's funny, too, because I see a lot of DJs, um, you know, as of late that haven't, like, I, I, it's weird. I feel like DJing had a real big boom, you know, whatever, six, eight years ago. And some of those DJs, when they got on board, were just so excited to be DJing that they haven't figured out the art of, the craft and that part is, you know, knowing how to read a crowd and knowing how, you know, how to, how to bounce around a set. And, you know, I watch a lot of DJs and they'll come up there with their sound and their agenda and they'll play and it might work, but you know, what would work better is if you tapped in like, Oh, Hey, you know, that fourth song you played, did you see how crazy they went for that song? You should have like, did a little bit more of that as opposed to just sticking to your pre-planned set. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's something that I think DJs are slowly getting to learn, but it comes with experience, right? Like if you've only been DJing eight years, I don't expect you to know how to like master the, the, the crowd, you know, it takes time. Me doing it 30 years, I've, I've kind of got it pretty down packed, but at the same time, I'm also still learning. Like I still feel like I'm as much as I've been doing it, as long as I've have, I still feel like, I always go into any party or any show or anything with a level of curiosity and a level of, you know, teach me something. I want to learn. I'm very curious about that. So, I, you know, on one hand, I'll, I'll be, you know, driving. But on the other hand, I'm also a passenger as well. So I guess the super easy condensed answer to the question I originally asked of what kind of set you're going to be doing at K2H is we don't really know until we see the crowd at the event. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, yes, yes, but it's also, you know, plan on there being lots of beats, lots mm-hmm. of scratching, lots of mixing, um, very diverse, very all over the place, but like, you know, really good. You know, it's like, it's hard to say all those things and encapsulate that in, a, in one answer. It's like, I, I run into the problem sometimes where, like, I'll be going through security at an airport and I'll have all my gear with me. And I'll be like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a DJ. And they're like, oh, what radio station? I'm like, no, I don't really DJ for radio mm-hmm. stations. They're like, oh, so you do weddings? I'm like, no, not really. You know, more like festivals and things. Oh, okay. So, and it ultimately gets down to, well, what, what, do you, what kind of music do you play? And you got to understand, like, I'm trying to get out of the line to get to my flights. It's like, I just look at them, I go. <laughs> I'm just trying to go. I play, I play really, like, the best music you've ever heard. And then <laughs> there I we go. Because it's, like, the best answer I can give. It's like, I just play the best stuff. Well, I'm really looking forward to the set you're going to be doing for us. So, yeah, thanks yeah, so thanks. much. Thanks so much, Z-Trip, for uh, agreeing to do this interview with me today. And I can't wait to see your set on October 4th at Hawaiian Bryant's. Yeah, I'm super stoked. Thanks for having me.